You're listening to Mapleview Community Church Podcast. This is what we live for. I heard that song, Big Daddy We Plan, and I thought, my goodness, this is what we live for. There, there's something that Jesus is doing in our, in our midst. That You know, last week we talked about these two disciples that were dejected and discouraged and depressed. They, they watched Jesus die on the cross, and, and, and it was a tumultuous weekend tumultuous three days, and then we, they heard some kind of report that Jesus had risen from the dead, and of course that's impossible, there's no way that that could happen, and so, but they were disturbed by, their, by the, 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 the sharing of that, and they're on their way to Emmaus, these two disciples, walking the seven mile journey from Jerusalem to Emmaus on Sunday morning, uh, and, and they were discouraged, they were, their, their savior, their friend, their, their, the miracle worker, the healer, the Messiah was dead, and they were discreet, and they were walking on the road to Emmaus together when this man approaches, and he uh, looks like a, a Jewish Israelite man. They don't recognize him at first. And he opens up the scripture for them, and he talks about all that God has been doing through the last days and the events going on. And, and, and they get to, where, to Emmaus, and, they, and, and that's when their eyes are opened, and they see that it's Jesus. He was alive. And it was an amazing moment. And they said, uh, asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened scriptures to us? So there was something in the communication, something in the talk and the journey and the walk to, from Jerusalem to Emmaus that they, they were stirred. Scripture was coming alive. They were excited about it. And it was Jesus. And then they run back to Jerusalem. It's amazing that when your attitude, when your heart is energized, when your body's energized, when your mind's energized, when you have things happening, that you find a strength that's resonant in you that you didn't even know, and your attitude and, and something, and I don't know if they're endorphins or whatever they're called, they run, and, you, and they ran back to Jerusalem. You see, when they saw Jesus, their mourning was turned into dancing. Dry bones became alive bones, ashes to beauty. Is your faith on fire today? Are you, do you, can, you, do, can you feel, do you feel like dancing? Like, we ought to be dancing. He turned our morning into dancing. We got something to dance about, church. And we're conservative and we, we don't do, but oh my goodness, I, I pray that there's, a, I remember all my memories. If you care about my memories, I bet you don't. But uh, the fact of the matter is, when I when I first gave my life to the Lord and I went down to to Christ for things, and I was just a new believer, and the celebration and the worship would start, the band would start playing, the songs would start, and I, and I, just I would start to dance. I don't do it as much anymore because you you think that I'm a bit freak, like a freak. But 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 man, in my heart, I am dancing. I want to dance. Proverbs 10, verse 20 says, the hope of the righteous, the hope of the righteous brings joy. And last Sunday, we celebrated the joy of the resurrection, and that should birth a joy in us. There's a hope there. There's something that the resurrection turns everything around for us. It changes everything. I mentioned that last week. Peter's humiliated denial early Friday morning. He denies the Lord three times. He lied. I never knew the man. Got to be shame and humiliation in that. It was erased. Jesus received him back. And in his epistle, he writes this. 
He, the apostle Peter, who denied the Lord at one point in his life, says this. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. A living hope. Peter was, this was his testimony. It wasn't just his mercy. It was great mercy because Peter had felt the depths of despair when he denied the Lord and he was embarrassed and shamed. He failed and his frailty came in. His flesh came in, dictated to him and he did some things wrong at that moment. But God turned it around and he sees it and he says, because of his great mercy, to the, because of the living hope we have in his resurrection, Jesus rising from the dead. The Apostle Paul, and I can tell you the story of him, all that he'd done wrong too, has a similar testimony. When he tells the Colossian church, he says this, Christ in you is the hope of glory. He's explaining that what Jesus did in his life turned him around. The Christ living in Paul is now the hope that he gets to share, the hope of glory. So can I say to you, in this burning heart month, month of burning hearts, Joyful hearts are burning hearts. Joyful hearts, something deep, something residing deep in you. You say, I've made mistakes. I've hurt people, and I've been hurt by people. I admit it. I, there's things I've done in secret that I've confessed to the Lord, and I've asked for forgiveness, and, and Satan has not snuffed you out. None of you here are snuffed out yet. If you're here this morning, you... You know, you may be a smoldering reed, but uh, a smoldering wick, but you're not snuffed out. On the contrary, you have been raised to life, and the new now Christ is the hope in you. And it's time that we begin to share that. It's the next step of the Burning Heart series. You have a testimony, each of you, that others need to hear. You have a story. You have. Something going on in your life that others need to hear. The world needs to hear. But first, a joke. This happened this week. Pastor Craig came running into his do the doctor's office. Doctor, quick, give me the best thing you have for the hiccups. The best thing, the doctor asked? Yes, the absolute best thing, Craig said. You want it now, asked the doctor? Now, Craig exclaimed. The doctor clenched his fist and hit Craig as hard as he could in the stomach. Craig doubled over coughing. What did you do that for, he wheezed. You wanted the best thing for hiccups, right? Yes. Well, do you have the hiccups anymore? No, said Craig crying, but my wife in the car still does. <laughs> Don't, I'm not sure he would go, go over well if he went and punched Lori Lynn at all. But uh, listen, Scripture says weeping, weeping may last through the night, but joy comes with the morning. There are dark times in our life. There are moments of discouragement. There's moments of challenge. We get that. But there is also a, morning, a, a time when joy comes in the morning. It, it returns. That was the disciples' testimony regarding the resurrection. On Friday, depressed, discouraged, broken, defeated, victory lost, life shambles. Where do we go from here? But the testimony, Saturday, Sunday morning, defeat turned to joy. The joy of your salvation this morning should make you all want to dance. If you knew what you were saved from, you should all want to dance.
no matter how conservative you might be. My question for you, and it determines something, what is burning in your heart? What burns in your heart this morning? What would be your reason? What, what could I, what could happen in your life that would cause you to dance today? What is your joy? What, no, really, what is, the, what is your joy? What, what are you living for? The song, Daddy... This is what we're, what are you living for this morning? Not just working at, not just, what are you living for? Why are you breathing this morning? Do you have something? Please tell me. Tell me what burns in your heart. Something needs to be burning in each of your hearts. It makes life worth living when you have a burning passion in your heart. The prophet Jeremiah said this, his word is in my heart like a fire. Like a fire in my bones. That's what Jeremiah was. He was testifying. That's what's in me. I am weary of holding it in. Indeed, I cannot. Sounds like he's just wanting to get up and dance. Something was going on. This fire in his bones. When you know you have been raised from death to life, you dance. I, I don't dance. You don't know you dance. Uh, can you imagine this year the Toronto Maple Leafs in Game 7 winning the Stanley Cup? They would be dancing in the street. People that don't dance, you'll just, people will be jumping around, woo, and you'll come out, woo, and you'll just start dancing with them. It's for a, a cup that means nothing. We have something better. There may be times of weeping. Jeremiah was known as the weeping prophet, but... By the end of the book of Jeremiah, you see God's favor being poured out. Poured out on all of Israel. Till then, God, till you start dancing, God has set you up with a number of divine appointments along the way. You, your life is not haphazard. Say, so what divine appointments? Well, you have, look over and you'll see your friend there. Someone who cares about you, loves you. Somehow God introduced you to them. You think it's just haphazard. Your spouse. Maybe it's your child. Look at your child. You go, wow, this is a gift. You know, every child, you were a gift to God. All of you were a gift to your parents at one time. Your grandchildren, I have grandchildren now. The gift that they are. Your son-in-law, your daughter-in-law. God provides all kinds of joy along your way, along your pathway. You just have to remember it. The key to joy in this life is living with a burning heart and a fire. It began for Saul of Tarsus along the Via Maris, the way of the sea. It was the road that led from Jerusalem all the way down to Damascus. While on the road, the Pharisees Saul with orders, papers, that would give him the right to cause weeping in the believers' lives, was knocked off his horse, and he encountered the risen Lord. What a moment. Light from heaven flashes around him, the Bible said. It was a gloryful moment that Saul would have imprinted in his life for the rest of his time on earth. It was a joy that would begin, a joy, not, not joy doesn't mean just simple life, easy, comfort, but there's something inside of you that moves you and keeps you looking forward and that's what kept him looking, and he would testify to it. This is his testimony in Romans 
Jesus Christ, our Lord, declared with power to be the son of his Son of God, by his resurrection from the dead. That was imprinted on his life the moment he saw Jesus lifted up, gleaming, knocked on his, from his horse. That day his, Saul's name was changed to Paul. That day Saul discovered the hope of, the righteousness, hope of righteousness and the pathway to eternal joy. On that day everything changed. The resurrection changed everything. He had a purpose. Jesus lit a fire on the inside of his soul that would burn to the moment that he was beheaded in Rome. It would burn brighter and brighter as he got to know the Lord more and more and more. The more you learn about God, the more you grow in his grace, the more you understand his mercy, the more you're in tune with him, the more joy and hope you're going to walk. And you need to begin to find that. Saul, now Paul, became a light gleaming in the darkness for Jesus. He had a burning heart for God. A burning heart is really important if you want that hope and joy and peace. The living hope in Peter, we see. The fire that burned in the bones of Jeremiah. The flame that stirred in the Apostle Paul's heart. Is the flame, same flame God wants you to fan in your own heart, in your own lives this morning. You can make this journey come alive to you. You can overcome every addiction, every sorrow, Every discouragement, every suicidal thought, every, those things can be put up. When your heart begins to burn with Jesus, things change. Paul writes about his passion. I love the word of God because it comes alive and it tells you not just what we're to do, but it tells what they are doing, what people of the moment were empowered with. And he says this in Romans, he says, it has always been my ambition to preach the gospel where Christ was not known so that I would not be building on someone else's foundation. He had a vision, he had a purpose, he had a direction. I think that, I believe that's his mission statement. He didn't stay in Jerusalem, he didn't stay teaching at the university. No, he went out to the Gentiles, the roughest and challenging, most challenging places. What is your ambition for God? What is your ambition? Just some. Just, just, do you have, can you articulate any ambition for God? Maybe you can, maybe you can't. Maybe some will, some will. But you all need to have an ambition for God if you're a believer, follower of Christ. You need some ambition. You better have one. There's a story about a man riding a horse. The horse is galloping very quickly, speeding right along. Certainly appears that the rider is going somewhere very, very important. He's going so fast. A man standing along the roadside shouts out, Where are you going? The rider replies, I don't know. Ask the horse. This is a story of many people's lives. They're riding a horse on a roadway called time with no idea where they're they're going, where they're headed what they're doing. They're just riding. It doesn't have to be like that. Your life doesn't have to be haphazard. It can be filled with direction. Only by drawing near to God will you receive the guidance. Drawing near to him and he'll draw near to you, the Bible says. When you draw near to him, he will give you the guidance and direction that will produce the hope and joy you're looking for. The steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. You, you begin to put those things, just do what's right and he's going to order your steps. Remember the importance of the fire triangle. I spoke about a couple weeks ago. Heat, fuel, and oxygen are all essential for a fire to burn bright. Drawing near to the fire trinity is going to help you. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And when you need to understand that he is working for your highest and best purposes. 
he, he reveals that sending his son Jesus into the world. He who did not spare his own son, but graciously gave him up for us all. How will he not along with him provide all things? This is, the, the, the God is at work. Begin fanning the flame of the resurrection power living in you, and things will change through prayer, spending some time praying. Spend some time opening the word of God. Let the scripture speak to you, just like the burning hearts as Jesus expounded scripture to the disciples on the road to this Emmaus. Through fellowship, you need to get to know some people in this place. You need to share some of your love with one another. You need to open up yourself again through giving, through sharing your resources, through worship, obedience, and service. You become an unstoppable force, a joyful unstoppable force, hopeful. Together with the body of Christ, together working together in all these things, we would see a number being added daily to those that are being saved. That will begin to happen. Romans 12, 11, again, the apostle Paul says, do not hold back in what you do. Let the spirit burn in you. Work hard for the Lord. It's hard work for the Lord. It's not easy. It's not simple. I want to tell you about a man who did not hold anything back. His whole heart was for Jesus. He worked hard, hard, hard. He had a burning heart for Jesus. Some of you may know him. Some of you may not. His name was David Livingston. And he was a man who had a fire in his bones for God's purposes to be fulfilled in his life. Livingston was one of seven children born March 9th, 1813. 1813, think of all the amenities and comforts that were, did not exist in 1813. In Scotland, to a poor family. He would eventually die of dysentery and malaria on May 1st, 1873 at age 60. I'm about to turn that age, so it's not lost on me on the importance of making your time count. He died in a small African village in Rhodesia, now called Zambia. His remains were transported when he died. His remains were transported back to England and are buried at Westminster Abbey. A lot of amazing followers of Christ buried in Westminster Abbey. I could list them. There's, it's the place where King Charles is going to be coronated in just a few weeks and where Queen Elizabeth was coronated in 1953. But not everything of David Livingston was buried at Westminster Abbey. His heart literally taken from his body, remained in Africa. David Livingston's heart is buried under a tree, now the site of Livingston's, Livingston's memorial. He letter, literally left his heart in Africa. David Livingston originally trained as a missionary doctor to China. That's where he was going to head. He had this burning heart to help, to encourage, to strengthen. But when the door closed because of a war going on in China at that time, Livingston, his undaunted zeal, code for a burning heart, ended up in Cape Town, South Africa. Travel was just not the same as his, and there was great effort in getting there. But Livingston had a mystique of a modern-day adventurer, uh, like an astronaut going where no man has gone before, uncharted territory. He chose the road less traveled, it's a narrow road. You mentioned the narrow road. People were often amazed at how Livingston, who could have chosen a more comfortable life as a doctor in England, 
sacrificed his life to care for the African people. You see, his horse was not in charge of his destination. His heart for God and God's heart for him gave him a burning passion. Livingston had a faith on fire stating this. He said, I place no value in anything that I may possess except in relation to the kingdom of Christ. Possessions weren't what he was after. I shall promote the glory of him to whom I owe all my hopes in time and eternity. He understood what salvation, for him, he understood salvation, what it meant for. Once in Africa, Livingston fell in love with both the people and the land. He literally went from coast to coast to coast to coast. He filled in the map of Africa in the earliest days, exploring all of its main rivers, covering more than 29,000 miles, remember, in Africa, moving through difficult terrain. 29,000 miles is more than the circumference of the earth. One of the, mo- one of the more significant moments of his missionary geographical life, geographer's life, was when he saw for the first time with European eyes what we know as the Victoria Falls in the Zambezi River. Victoria Falls. He named it after Queen Victoria. That's where it gets its name, Victoria Falls. David Livingston named it. Up until then, it had never been seen by any European eyes. But seeing so lovely must have been gazed upon by angels in their flight, he quoted. Livingston was also vehemently opposed to the slave trade at the time. It, he called it an open sore to the world. Let me just pause just for a minute. There's no place for a believer of any race to judge another man or woman by the color of their skin, by their language economic status, religion, or anything else that we can think of. Judgment and condemnation is not a citizen of heaven's responsibility. At one point on the three of his expeditions, Livingston had been missing. Listen to this. He'd been missing for five years. No one had heard from him. That's a long time. He was presumed dead by many. But then the New York Herald in 1871 sent a Welsh-born journalist, Morton Stanley, to find out where Livingston was. When he got there, 236 days passed, and it seemed hopeless search. But Stanley found him uttering the immortal words, and we sometimes have heard this, Dr. Livingston, I presume. He was discovered. His discovery, Morton Stanley's discovery, was voted the 19th century newspaper article of the, of the whole hundred years of the century. Speaking to a Cambridge University student, Livingston said this, people talk about the sacrifice that I've made in spending so much of my life in Africa. Can that be called a sacrifice which is simply paying back a debt? Only a small debt of the debt we owe to God that we could never repay. Florence Nightingale, there's so many different colleagues of the time Another remarkable servant of God, a woman who is just has her own. She also is buried in uh, Westminster Abbey. She said this upon his passing. God has taken away the greatest man of his generation, for Dr. Livingston stood alone. And though his body was laid to rest at Westminster Abbey in London, his heart always belonged to Africa. So what? 
what is this story about? It was God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit that gave Livingston a burning heart for Africa and the people. His burning heart was seen in his lifestyle, his living. Love for Africa trumped everything else, personal sacrifice and suffering. A burning heart will do that. Living a faith-filled, fiery life filled with joy is ours for anyone who calls on the name of Jesus. It's not exclusively only for a few saints that get their name written up or who do incredible exploits like David Livingston or Jeremiah or Peter or Paul. You and I are neither the prophet, apostle, or even great missionary. But you and I, we have a testimony this morning. We all have one. We have no excuse for having any less of a burning heart than any of those that we've mentioned. You can be part, even now, whatever it is, whatever your situation, circumstance, whoever you think you are or were once and where you're going now, you're not, you're not on a horse that's running out of control. You each have been given a gift of salvation. If you've given your heart to Jesus, it's a gift. And you each can fan the flame in some way for God's purposes this morning. It's not being a pastor, not just, you have a reason for being here. This is, what is your reason? Come on, dig down, search, discover it. You don't have to be famous. You don't have to be rich or powerful, but you can have a burning heart with faith right here where you're at. And that goes for every age. You never, you never retire from having a burning heart for Jesus. There are times when I think that within our evangelical faith culture in North America that we tend to highlight the movers and shakers. We watch them on our social media feeds and YouTube and TV and all these things. And yet the strength of the Christian faith, the strength of what we're trying to do here is not for a few chosen mega pastors or TV evangelists or podcasting prophets or authors or teachers, those that write books or even apostles. And all of those men and women are very important. I'm not taking anything away from them. But the power of the church of the living God is found right here. You are the valuable missionaries and evangelists. You're the ones that can go into the highways and byways and in the neighborhoods and workplaces that no one else can reach. You're the one, you're the believer that's serving in schools, universities, police forces. You're the nurses, the businessmen, the businesswomen real estate agents, the excavator operators, the mechanics, the store owners, the employers and employees, the mothers that stay home with their children and the mothers that go to work, the secretaries, the judges, the politicians. The heroes of the faith are those who are living right in the midst of us with burning hearts for Jesus. They testify of God's grace. You're the ones that will do more for the kingdom of God right here than anybody else. And it's not just what you do that's the most important. It's who you are in the inside. Do you have some reason why you get up in the morning and some reason to dance? You need to discover the reason to dance. There's something special in that. Are you willing to fan the flame this morning? Open up Scripture once again and say, ask Jesus to open your eyes to see him like the Emmaus disciples. He may just do it, but you have to be willing to ask. Are you going to allow Christ in you 
to become the hope of glory for someone else. Our age is culture in this days we're living in. It's not an age of optimism, really, is it? I, 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 I feel optimistic, but I don't think our age is one of optimism. It's one of pessimism, despair. The somber mood of our culture is like that rider on the horse galloping quickly without knowing where they're going. But you and I this morning, we know. We know better. You have the hope and the joy of the resurrection of Jesus in you. Jesus is the hope living in you this morning. He's the hope of the nation. He's the light shining in the darkness. Will you allow your light to shine? Will you, each and every one of you, become a testimony? In some way, will you allow your heart to be sparked and fanned into flame and a passion? This morning, I have a got this done before we left, and it's my first chance back, and I'm excited created a tool for you to at least start a little something to maybe help you along your way in revealing the burning heart that's in you. It's a pack of cards. It's a pack of cards. 52. There's no jokers in here. Uh, No kings, queens, knights, bishops, or anything like that. No spades, diamonds, clubs, or anything. It's a card. But it has Maple View Community Church. It says, hey you, you're invited. We invite you to explore life's meaning with us. Sunday mornings, 8.30, 10, and 11.30. Has the address and the QR code in it for them to scan. It's, it's a way that you can take, I want everybody that would like to take a pack of cards. 52, one for every week of the year. We're a bit behind, but that's all right. And if you would just hand out one, plant one seed each week. To the Starbucks person that you see regularly, you know them by name now. You ask them, they know your order. Maybe it's Tim Hortons or maybe it's a banker or something. Maybe, maybe it's somebody you know. You just, just hand out one. It's a seed. You don't have to remember anything because all, it's all the information's here. I remember as a youth pastor, I used to uh, do street witnessing as a youth pastor. I'm not sure how many do that anymore. I did when I was a youth pastor. And, but it was, it, 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 we'd go down in the streets and we'd, we'd, we, I wrote a tract and I tell them, dress up in your khakis, and um, we're going to run to a car, put it on the windshield, and run like crazy. <laughs> Not let anybody see us. We're camouflaged. We're, we're stealthy. Say, well, what value is that, Pastor? Did it change anybody's life? I don't know. But I tried to impress upon the teens. It's important to share your faith somehow. You have to learn how to share your faith somehow. So if you have to put on your khakis, take a card, do it at night, go to the mall, put one on a card, one every week, do it. Let your light begin to shine. Somehow we need to be evangelizing and caring and loving. We, we need to have a burning heart just like David Livingston for the people in Africa. We need to have a burning heart for our families, our friends, our relatives, our coworkers, our community right here. We can do that. Can you do that? Can we do that? I think. Can we try? Amen. Yes, we can try. <laughs> One thing. Before when they did this many, many years ago, uh, we just handed them out. I'd like you to, when you take a pack of cards and they're going to be out there 
just put your name down. First name is fine. Last name if you care to. I just want to know that you're going to take this seriously. I don't want this, this sitting just in a glove box of a car for the next five years. But I need you to be passionate and burning for the cause of Christ right here in Barrie. You don't have to go anywhere, but let's have hearts that burn right here. Amen? Let's close with a word of prayer. Father, I thank you this morning for the goodness of God that stirs our hearts and moves us toward things of God. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that this morning something would begin to be fanned in everyone's life here. Just the smallest little smoldering wick would be just built into a raging fire in a good way. That the consuming God would just begin to consume our hearts fresh and anew. That there's a reason why we're here and a, live, a reason why we're living. And that each of us can have something in our heart burning that would cause us to dance. Lord, whatever it takes, would you just help us find the joy and the hope of the salvation that we enjoy? You are the resurrected King of kings and Lord of lords. You are our master, our savior. You are the God over all. And may we embrace you this morning in a special way. We thank you and we praise you. And we give you all the glory and honor in Jesus' precious name. And everybody would say? Everybody would say? Hallelujah! You're listening to Maple View Community Church Podcast.